Welcome to the One of a Kind podcast, the show where we explore the stories we tell ourselves and the moments that got us here. I'm Nisi Duran, and I hope today's conversation gives you something to smile about. Welcome to the third episode of the One of a Kind podcast. Today's guest literally helped change the trajectory of my career, and I'm super excited for all of you to learn a little bit about her journey. Crystal Stonebreaker started her career at PwC as an auditor, but soon realized that she prefers working with people rather than numbers. She ran her own boutique recruiting firm and then went on to join Google, Amazon, and Meta. In Crystal's most recent role, director of leadership recruiting at Meta, she led a team that was responsible for hiring engineering managers across North America and Canada. Unfortunately, Crystal was part of the most recent Meta layoffs that saw about 80% of all recruiters lose their roles. After spending about 20 years working in the San Francisco Bay Area, Crystal and her husband Mike relocated to Portland, Oregon near her hometown to live closer to her family. She loves being back in the Pacific Northwest and spends much of her free time biking, hiking, reading, listening to podcasts, hopefully this one soon, and exploring new restaurants with friends. I hope you enjoy our conversation that explores the importance of investing in our health, our friendships, and our boundaries, even in high-stress environments. A warning that this episode contains a discussion about my personal experience with miscarriage. The comments made are my own reflections and are not intended to be medical conclusions. You brought me to YouTube. I was you a recruiter to YouTube. We working with you when you transferred to YouTube. I remember meeting you in the conference room and having the conversation and seeing your resume and actually being a little intimidated to meet you. You have never said that. You don't need to say that. It's not true. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, it's just, you know, the, how, we, how we have these yes. perceptions. And then I met you and was at ease immediately. So you were a recruiter at YouTube when I met you um, and you lived in, I think, San Francisco at that point. I was living in San Francisco, yeah. Living in San Francisco. And then we kind of just stayed friends after. Yeah, yeah. You didn't give me the job because we were friends. We became <laughs> friends after. Yes. And then what did you do after that? So you were at Google for how long? I was at Google for nine years. Okay. Um, moved to Portland, be closer to my family and decided yeah. at that point, you know, people were not working remotely very often. So we may take, it, it may hurt my career, right? Tech yeah. jobs may be over. Um, luckily, I was able to transition to a, a recruiting manager role at Amazon for two years. It was a bit oh, of a culture right. shift and I struggled yes. there. And then fortunately, remote work opened up and I yes. got a job um, at um, Facebook, now Meta, where I was a recruiting mm-hmm. manager and then recruiting director. Yeah. And I got laid off earlier th- this month. So uh, that was a, a two-year stint. That was amazing. And I have nothing but grateful. Why did you enjoy it so much? Um, the culture was, I think, going from Google, loved the culture, loved the people. Mm-hmm. Um, then going to Amazon, very different culture, um, met some wonderful people there, but the culture is very different. I think Meta's culture is fantastic. And the, the oh. one thing the people are, it felt very similar to Google in terms of how yeah. people treat each other. What Meta did that Google, I think, didn't provide for me People give feedback at Meta. I got a lot of feedback. Real feedback. Real feedback. Feedback that's probably hard to give. 
I grew so much because of that. And the, the one thing I learned in the two years that I think is that just really helped me, I can give feedback now and, and oh, give tough, have tough conversations and say, this is going to be a tough comfort. This is hard for me, but I want to share this with you because I want you to be better or I want you to know what I observed. All right. So yes. um, if I, if that's what I'm walking away with, like that's been something I've been trying that's to learn how to do. It's a gift. Yeah. Feedback's a gift. And Meta does it well because they do it in such a supportive, kind way. Uh, that was my experience, um, at least around the people I was working with. The only other thing I'll say is I think that this, like, this dynamic I had with my boss and yeah. kind of the directness worked at my age. I don't know that, oh, that, that at, at, you know, let's say in my mid-20s, I, I might not have been able to not take it personally. Oh, that's such a good point. Are you saying we're old, Crystal? <laughs> we're tenured. Saying, we're tenured. You know, I'm saying there are these amazing benefits of there are. being old. And that's there are. Older. older. Experienced. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. How do you feel about being older? Experienced. <laughs> you know, it's something I'm thinking about now more than ever because, yeah. you know, I'm 51 I'm very aware, uh, you know, I'm a recruiter and I'm very yeah. aware of, I'm taking time uh, off for the first time in my yep. life. Yes. Um, what is the gap I can take where I'm going to be marketable and, you know, have, and where age might not be a factor because I'm very aware, um, you know, they may meet me and they may meet someone in their thirties that they think could do the same thing. I mean, I couldn't do what I think I can do now in my thirties, but, um, I'm aware of it, but yet I also really like where I am. And do you know what I think age has allowed me? And I, I think this is kind of ties into why I enjoyed Meta. Of course, it is a company, but I think I'm in an age where I'm not operating out of a place of fear and I'm able to enjoy it so much more. I'm able to understand, um, you know, working at Google and then I went to work somewhere else and, and then you go work somewhere else. Like, I think it's really easy for where you are to become such a big part of you and become your identity. And yes. I think as I get older, I realize I, I do want to be really engaged in my job and care a lot about what I do. And it's naturally going to become a little bit of my identity, but it's not all of who I am. And then you're able to separate a little bit and have fun with it. Disagree, have these conversations, right? That's mm-hmm. so I'm aware of age and I kind of wanted to stop in terms of the getting <laughs> older. Um, but I'm also just, I'm happy where I'm at in terms of the types of things that I'm bringing up that I couldn't have done 10 years ago. There's benefits. There's benefits. So many benefits. Yeah. <laughs> so many things to say. So one, looks are not everything, but you look amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like amazing. Amazing. Thank you. And so <laughs> you need to remind me all of the ways that you stay active. And honestly, that's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm laughing about it, but it's so important. It's the, as I get older too, I, um, I've started working out consistently in the last three years, I would say, and my body's done incredible things. I've had two children and nursed them for a combined total of five years. It's like a long time, my poor body and I've gained weight, I've lost weight and I've done all these things. And, um, as I get older, I just really understand the value of protecting your vessel. This is respecting it, investing in it. And we've talked about this, right? Money well spent to stay active and healthy. Um, so kudos to you. I'll, that's the first thing I'll say. I'll say more things, but tell me what Thank you're you. doing. I mean, you're, I know you hike, you bike, you do all these things, but 
clearly you're investing in your health, which is so important. Thank you. I mean, I think, I don't think we can be, I I can't be mentally healthy if I'm not physically healthy. Like I think it starts there. I love it. And my Instagram is, um, probably 60% friends and 40% like, um, health and fitness, mental and physical. And, um, you know, I was reading this morning, actually I was getting up scrolling. It was, um, talking about the most important thing you do is think about what you put in your body. Like it starts there. Right. And so it's, I think a lot of my just free time is spent. How do I take care of myself kind of mentally and physically? And then the rest, the rest follows, right. If I'm feeling good and, and eating well and exercising, then my day-to-day activity is going to be so much more disciplined and better quality. Um, But I also think, I mean, to your point, you know, I didn't have kids and I have the time. So I think it's, um, I'm using it well, you're using it. Thank you. I met my husband biking, right? So it's these shared activities. I met a lot of my friends through athletic activities. So that's, let's meet for a walk community going out to dinner. It's my community. Yeah. It's good energy too. these people that you meet in these you know, find Let's your passion. Go for a walk instead of dinner. I don't love fancy dinners usually. Like if it's my birthday or anniversary, things like that, it's fun. And I like when David and I get dressed up and the kids get dressed up, but I prefer, I prefer a walk and a talk than, right? than a fancy dinner. Yes. I prefer it. I prefer it. I love that. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I do think though, once you start moving in the right direction, because you know, I, you know, fitness ebbs and flows. And when I get out of shape or I'm feeling I'm out of shape, All it takes is about a week and a half of this routine and the endorphins start kicking in. And I'm just like, oh gosh, this feels good. And then you just keep going because it feels good. It feels so good. It feels horrible when you're doing it. Uh, My trainer's having me do hit class. Like he does a hit training once a week. Sometimes I hate it so much (laughs) when I'm doing it. I'm like, why did I, why am I paying for this? But then afterwards you feel so good. (laughs) Right. It's those, I mean, that like in endorphins. I mean, there is a a biological response to the exercise that makes us feel good. Yes, absolutely. Um, you were talking about being older and being aware of the downsides of it. I just want to understand a little bit more of, I mean, you said it a little bit, you said that they might look at your resume and think a 30 year old could do what you are doing. Does that happen? Do you, do you think that there is, I mean, this, I don't know if this is controversial, yeah. but do you think there's ageism? And the reason it does scare me there, when we were doing a training at Google of biases, yeah. there was a California supplement training and it said something along the lines of in California, they have a statute, some sort of legislation protecting yeah. against ageism. But I think the age was like 40. 40. <laughs> what? Yeah, it shocked me. Um, but so maybe that starts to answer the question. But I wanted to get your perspective from like a recruiter as well as um, an older person, an older as, tenured person <laughs> yes, who's a decade over the the cliff of forty. I was shocked. I, you know, I read that. I think it was part of my my layoff paperwork um, yeah. about protected uh, categories, and I was like, the forty hit me again. I mean, just in terms of, um, I do think it exists, and you know. I think, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously a lot of my friends are my age, right? They're 50. Yeah. And I think there is a part of being older is knowing what you're willing to do and knowing um, who you are. Yeah. And I think sometimes that means you might have boundaries that you maybe otherwise wouldn't have in your thirties in terms of how hard am I going to work? Am I going to stay up all night or am I going to go to my niece's birthday party? Right. And, and as a 50 year old, I might say it's good enough. I'm going to go to my niece's birthday party. Um, 
But also but why? No, why would you say that? Because I think I have a sense of at the end, what's important. Yes. And and really yes. being conscious of that versus, oh, I've got plenty of time down the road. Nace is gonna have plenty more birthday parties. I mean, right? Time is 100%. time is going quickly. Um and so I do think that as myself or some of my friends get older, um, I think I will work just as hard, but I also think I know where I need to have boundaries to take care of myself. And I cannot mm-hmm. say that I always took care of myself, say when I was at Google. I mean, there were some yeah. sacrifices I made. I missed out on some family events. It was a oh, choice. Yes. And I made that choice and no regrets. But I don't think I would make that choice now. And they, you know, these are kind of one-off things that I would probably choose to attend. So I think age, ageism does exist. And I understand part of why it might exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think I'm now shifting into that category of mm-hmm. I'm aware when I interview that they're probably interviewing somebody who is, you know, 20, 10, 20 years younger, maybe mm-hmm. makes less, has made less money. They could pay them less. And maybe they're willing to just absolutely do what it takes. Right. And, and not be as maybe as set as their ways. I do think as we get older, people can get a little bit more set in their ways. So, um, you know, I try hard to be flexible and to not turn into like, okay, it needs to be this way. A stereotype of what that looks like. Yeah. But I I do, I think it exists. And I think if you, I try to be aware of it and I try to remain flexible, but also don't sell myself short on kind of what I've learned through this journey. How did you go about creating your boundaries? And because the more that I've reflected on my own experiences and also those of my friends, often it requires reaching a level of true burnout to to wake up and say, I'm going to give myself boundaries. I'm still not great at that, to be totally honest. I mean... I don't think I had boundaries when I was working at Google. I don't yeah. think it was an environment. Everyone, I think people I worked with um, were in this mode and you show up. And and I think at Google, it was required that you over prepare for meetings because Correct. that is what everyone Correct. around you was doing. And you just deliver at that level. I do think um, I, Amazon, for example, I think people around me had boundaries and, okay. and, you know, I was faced last summer. It was my niece's birthday. That's why I use that as an example. Yeah. And I think I was presenting something and it was, I was at Meta and I was like, oh gosh, this is not the best night to go to a birthday party. And I made the decision to go. And I thought I am going to get this, whatever I was presenting in good enough shape. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, um, I'm going to, I know, be able to deliver. And it may not be as amazing as I would like it to be. I may not be as confident as I would like it to be, but it's going to be Okay. And I, I had that conversation in my head and I showed up and I had the party and I did it the next day and I think it went fine. Um, you know, it, I maybe wasn't as comfortable. Maybe I had to read it a little bit more, yeah. had some talking notes, but it was fine. And I think, I don't think I could have done that. I don't think I could have done that at Google, maybe because of, I was more junior and less experienced, but also I think it was that environment I was in. Oh my gosh. I just, I'm, I'm flashing back to, <laughs> to everything. I show up to every meeting a plus overprepared and overprepared the extra time. You know what I've thought so much time. the time for it's going to be okay, which is what I did at my niece's birthday party that night. It's going to be okay versus overprepare. That's probably four hours. That makes this much of difference. A hundred percent. But, uh, 100%. but 100%. I do believe that difference matters on a regular basis. What do you mean? Say more. 
Um, I didn't, so the day after my niece's birthday party, I didn't enjoy that nearly as much showing up and presenting as much as I normally would. Because I, when you show up and you know your stuff, it's almost like a game. Can you deliver it? And then you feel great. I showed up. Okay, let's go. (laughs) It took took some of the fun out of it. Oh, I see. So it it makes a difference for you in terms of your enjoyment. Do you think it makes a difference for the effectiveness of the organization? Um. I think it over, I think in the long term, if I always showed up doing what I did, I think it, I think it makes a difference. I think, I also believe, I believe if you are a leader of a team, they're watching how you show up and I want them to, I want to be over-prepared so they learn how to be over-prepared and show up in a certain way. So I think it has a trickle down effect. Yeah. You're raising the bar constantly. You're raising the bar. And (laughs) And to some extent, there's no other way, right? I mean, in terms of like how you, yeah, how you want to operate. I want to know I gave it my all, but also know there were a few moments maybe I didn't give it my all, and it's okay because I had this amazing experience that you know, yeah. that I'm not going to regret. In your time at Google, was there an instance where you made a decision not to quite give a hundred because you had something going on outside of work that needed your time? I'm embarrassed to say that I don't think so. And that's a problem. It's yeah. a problem. Um, I'm trying to think, because I mean, it was going to be nine years. <laughs> I was just going to say, that's a lot of years. That's a lot of years. Mm. No, I can't remember a time when I didn't. It Instead, it would translate into, I just didn't sleep very much that night, or I was grumpy at home, or I didn't work out, which happened a lot. Mm. Just deathly tired for the weekend. So I can't remember a time that I didn't do a plus, maybe if I was sick or something and I had to, I literally could present or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but me, me actively making a choice to not deliver the best possible. And I got, I got feedback to be, to be fair to a lot of my managers, they would tell me this doesn't have to be a plus, but there's something inside of me. I loved hearing your experience because you said that it brought you joy. I want to say that for me, it did as well. But I also think I was operating from a place of fear where don't feel good enough. This could end at any moment. They're going to see right through me. If I, they're going to think I'm dumb. If I don't show up and be the smartest person in the room type of thing. Um, so yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. Okay. You can as well. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. And I, I guess one thing that I'm Mike, my husband has called me out on this. Um, I think I realize the joy now that I'm not there. I mean, so so when you're saying that, I'm like, oh, I remember that feeling. One question I have for you, because I've, I've thought about this so many times myself, do you regret not having boundaries or would you do it all over again? I don't know if I have an answer. (laughs) That's such a good question. It's a really good question. I'm just going to give you my mind stream and see where it lands. It's hard to regret something that led you to this point, right? Of realization, of learnings, of growth, et cetera. So it's hard to say I actually regret it. There are some moments where I wish I would have put up some boundaries. So for example, when I came back from my maternity leave from Jordan, I should have taken more time off, whether it was 
using up all my vacation or doing an unpaid leave or whatever it is. But I felt pressure, not for my manager, it's probably for myself and also feeling responsible for the career development of the people on my team. I felt like I needed a rush back and I regret that. Also yeah. with Leo, when I, um, I'd gotten into some training program for female leaders at Google. And so I came back early after my leave from Leo. So those are the things I regret where I just, I put so much pressure on myself that the company wasn't going to be able to function properly if I didn't hurry back. Yeah. And the one thing I do regret, we were talking about health earlier is I never made time for working out. I would do things mm, like sign up for five K's once a month. So that for sure at least once a month, I was yeah. out there running a couple of miles and doing that sort of thing. But my health was always the first thing that would get pushed to the side. And I'm thankful that it, knock on wood, didn't have long-term consequences. But I do think the way that I approached work probably made me a more anxious person. And now I need to examine why and peel that back and undo some of that because I don't think it's healthy to live in almost constant anxiety and worry. I think that creates stress that ultimate can lead to really bad health problems. So yes and no. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're touching on something that I am also spent a lot of time. I, I don't know if I shared with you. Um, it was about two years ago, two years over, well, this two and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with SIBO, small mm. intestinal bacteria overgrowth. And I'm yes. like, what, like, how did I get this? Stress is a cause mm. of SIBO. And I do believe and I, I think it actually kind of started when I was at Google, oh my um, goodness. I started seeing some symptoms. I, I think my body was in a constant state of kind of fight or flight. I think when oh, I'd get up, I'd be laying in bed and you are checking your phone in yes, the morning. immediately. And there were moments I could start actually feel my heart rate start to go up, right? Like you got to get this going. And so I'm, I'm actually during this time that I'm not working, um, thinking a lot about anxiety and we can actually, I do believe we can work in a kind of high pressure environment and we can change the way we respond to it. So I think we have control over that, but I think we, it's a, it has to be a conscious effort. For me, it has to be a conscious effort and practice. But um, I think a lot about how health is impacted by these high-stress environments. Oh, okay. A couple of things. So one, I think I've, I do remember you sharing that with me and that I didn't know that it was related to stress though. So I, I guess my I, question I, is, how do you feel about that? Um, I feel... I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I've thought about it a lot. I think yeah. it is what it is. I think um, it's the, I think, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure if it was caused by stress, but you look at what causes it yes, and yes. there's a good chance. Trust your gut, um, right? Yeah. It's yeah. my gut. So I think, um, I think it's a, you know, luckily not a horrible sign to me. I mean, I know people who have suffered strokes or other things and you don't know what it's caused from, but I, this is a gentle nudge to say, pay attention. And I already knew I was feeling too much stress and it wasn't healthy. So I guess I feel thankful. Like if this is a sign, okay, it's a pretty simple sign. I mean, I was able to, to get over it, but, um, I think it's a reminder that even though we think we're functioning, okay, yes, there's stuff going on and, and we need to take care of ourselves. And, 
you know, it was weird because when I had it also, I said to the doctor, it's something like that I'm feeling. My body wasn't absorbing vitamins. And so I was feeling numbness <sighs> and tingling. I said, what's weird to me is I've never had this health issue. Nobody else around you knows it's happening. No. And yet I'm feeling these weird things. I'm, fe- you know, so, uh, you know, it was a journey, but I, it makes me pay attention to my health. And I think be a little bit more aware of like, you just don't know how people are showing up and what they're dealing with. I love that. That's I mean, true. I've never had something like that before and <gasps> it was stressful. Is it better now? Yes. Yep. Okay, I got on a program, but it was to get better and actually, and you take a test to see if you've recovered from it. I mean, it was a one and a half year journey. Oh my goodness. Which yeah. also causes stress. I, well, you know, my dietitian, <laughs> as part of this is getting yes. a dietitian, she oh, gave cool. me the best advice. And yeah. she said, Crystal, don't go online. Okay. Just between your doctor and myself, let us help you through this. And like, to, she goes, because it's stressful, you go down that rabbit hole. And my personality goes down that rabbit hole. So, oh, yeah. You're such a good Googler. <laughs> you know how to Google things. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do. I, I think these environments... We need to learn, at least I do, to manage my stress and get out of that flight or fight mode. And I think that is part of what you said, like, are you operating out of fear? And fear can be a great motivator, right? When you're giving a speech, fear is what drives me to prepare. And I pay a lot of attention to that. When I'm feeling fear, oh, is this helpful or is it not helpful? And if it's not helpful, let's deal with it. And if it's helpful, then awesome, go prepare. My therapist would love you. (laughs) This is, Mike, this is exactly... Mike told me that actually my husband, oh, I was stressed oh about something God. and he's like, Oh, this is, this is good pressure. Like just lean into it and prepare. Yes. Cause there's a reason why it's doing it. And our bodies have trained us through experience that that is a, like you said, an actual motivator. And the, but the yes. question is, do I want this motivator right now or not? Is it helpful? I love that. Yeah. Um, when I was at consulting, um, I was, like I mentioned, I was getting on a plane from every Monday and then every Thursday coming home and we're working. I don't want to exaggerate, but 14, 16 hour days, easy, 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 peasy, easy, peasy. But the thing that was the most stressful is that every minute counts. And that's what I try to explain to people. It's not just the long hours because there are other roles where other jobs, you might have long hours, but you can take a little break. You can chat, you know, chit chat with your coworkers. You can do, and not in, at least I was at McKinsey, not at consulting. You're hyper productive. So if a meeting, the example I give people is if a meeting would get canceled or end 10 minutes early, you're not taking a break. You're not chilling those 10 minutes. You're making a deck. You're looking at your analysis. You're doing all these other things. And it does something to your body where you're in constant quote unquote high productivity so many hours of the day, not sleeping that much on when I'd get home on Thursdays, David has multiple, David, my husband has multiple pictures of me passing out on the bed with my clothes on where I just, I was overcome by exhaustion. But the reason I share all of that is because I I had a, a miscarriage when I was with, um, before I had Jordan and I was at consulting and at the time the doctors are never going to tell you oh, this is stress-related because I was devastated. Like we had gone in and I had heard the first heartbeat of the baby. And then you come back for the second checkup and the heartbeat was gone. It was the most horrible experience I've ever gone in my whole life. Um, and so the doctors are not going to say, oh, well, is your job stressful? <laughs> and right. there's there's so many reasons yeah. why a miscarriage can happen. You, you don't know. And they also don't want to guess. Yeah. But I knew 
many women who had miscarriages while they were in consulting. And it, it the I mean, I don't know, maybe we're just more open about it then, but the percentages just felt so high that to me, yeah. I said, if I want to have children, I need to move away from this lifestyle. And I did. Right. But um, for you. thank you. Because it's hard to, it's hard to do that. And it's I'm so guessing, hard. I guess a question for you, I'm guessing when that happened, I mean, like me with SIBO, it's like, okay, what caused this? Like, I want to know. Um, I knew even before I was diagnosed with SIBO that I knew like the anxiety that I was feeling was probably unhealthy with that oh. job. Did you, I guess, was it immediate to you? Like, I'm, I know this isn't healthy, like the lifestyle you were living at the moment. A really good question. I don't think I did know. I don't think I knew. Um, which is so wild to me because after the miscarriage happened, David found me a therapist. I was working in Portland on a case. So I was flying from San Francisco to Portland. And I went to one session and then I didn't go back because I didn't have time. I had to do my deliverables and And yes. the, the lady, the, the therapist was kind of a tough cookie. And she was, she was like, this is important. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, yes. no, I got to deliver this thing to the client. So I don't think I knew that it was unhealthy. And the other thing is I was coming from a legal background where I saw my lawyer friends, they were actually working even more hours. They were canceling vacations. They were missing family events. What was I doing? Just working kind like, I mean, I was working hard, but Monday through Friday, maybe half a Sunday, that's nothing. You know, it's just all your perception of what's actually hard. When I was working crazy long hours or at Google. So my husband worked at a law school for many years. Um, and many of his friends are practicing lawyers. That, that was our dialogue. Oh, I mean, I was exhausted. Like you said, I would get sick every Friday. I'd have mm. swollen glands, just exhaustion. I think. Crystal. But the thing oh is, gosh. we would say, oh, but it's nothing compared to what his friends are, are yes. working. Like, yes. And yes. that's how it it's actually okay. So that dialogue is so familiar. <laughs> and then for me too, you talk about parents. My dad's a garbage man and that's a hard job. It's physical. You're driving all day, um, have rotating chronic injuries. And he worked six days a week for many, many, many years, getting up at three thirty in the morning, rain or shine. It didn't matter getting blisters on his feet that my mom would have to pop the blisters every night. That's a hard job. You know what I mean? So I'm like, what we're doing is whatever. Yeah. We're like, this is nothing. Why are we complaining? Walk it off. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You grew up seeing that. That was the example. Yes. And it's true. I mean, in terms of, you know, yes, but I, I do think stress is, um, I mean, I know a couple of, people that yeah. I really care about that have had strokes. And I guess that's why I brought that up earlier. Like I, and I, I think stress is something we have to pay attention to. It does crazy things to our body. A hundred percent. And when I've told my mom and dad that, cause they get worried about me. They've been worried about it for a long time. <laughs> when yeah. I was in college, my dad would say, are you having fun? Are you going out to parties? Are you doing these things? You need to take a break. Cause I'd be in the library all the time. I was, yeah. See, I'm like a plus a plus or go home. And he's like, that's not just, it's not all there is to life. You need to take your brain needs to rest. So they've been telling me this for a while. And I've told them recently that I don't think my jobs are as hard as what they've done. My mom also did a lot of hard labor work and they both are so smart. <laughs> And they've both said things 
like stress is something that actually affects your health. And if your brain doesn't have a chance to rest, like your brain is also a muscle and you don't turn it off and you need to rest. So they are not promoting this ideal of work ethic that I have. And they are also not dismissing or diminishing the work that you and I do, the type of work that we do, because it's different. They understand that it's really hard and that stress is, I'm not trying to be, I'm not exaggerating. It's deadly. So they, they know it's just when you're in it, it's hard to pull yourself out of it. Right. Well, I also think that when you're in it, you know, you and I, let's say working in tech, um, it is hard to pull yourself out of it. The per the health insurance, the, I mean, um, you know, the elitism. I have, yes, these opportunities that your parents or my parents didn't have. Correct. And how do we give that up? I mean, I don't, I, I feel lucky to have been able to have this opportunity. So why would Same. I walk from it? It's, it's, Same. I'm lucky to be in that room. I've been listening to some ex-military Navy SEAL type of things where, you know, interviews, podcasts, that sort of thing, where and everybody, every time I tell them I'm going to work out class, they're like, embrace the suck. It's like a phrase from, I don't even know which branch of the military. And there's this, but there's this mantra and this feeling of go get it, be relentless. And it's a positive thing. And I do think it's a positive thing, right? I do think it's yeah. wonderful that you people like you and I, we have a strong work ethic. We deliver excellence. It's, it's a good thing. But lately, and including in this conversation, I've been talking about it with a lens of negativity and I'm trying to figure out what's that line, right? Because I think that's a wonderful quality that you have. I'm really proud of my, that I got nothing below an A minus the last three years of my, you know, college career, even though I struggled when I first got there, like, I'm really proud of that, but it came at a cost. And so I'm trying to figure out what's that trade-off and when does it become negative? It absolutely comes at a cost. I mean, I even look at at Mike, um, just the rich friendships he has. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I have, That's I have amazing answer. friends. But I, yeah. there's a difference. He he invests in seeing them in person, and he calls them to check in. And I mean, something I've always admired about you. I, I, I believe you do this. I do this. Yeah, I love I, it. I don't do it as well because I'm busy working and, and loving what I'm doing. I need a lot of sleep. I want to work out. Right. You, you've got you've got X amount of a time. Amount of hours. Um, one thing I am doing now that I'm not working is just going, going to Seattle this weekend to go see friends, going to San Francisco to go. So I'm like, I'm aware that this has been neglected in my life. And I mean, granted, you can send a quick WhatsApp ping. There's nothing like sitting down and having a few hours. So, um, it comes at a cost, a huge cost. Um, but then it comes with this gain. And I think that's, that's the fun part in life is figuring out what's important to you and what are you willing to give up? And I mean, I love this so much. I think it's hard to be you and I sometimes because I actually think there are some happier people out there who (laughs) their bank account is way lower than yours. But but they're free. Um, They're free. I, I, there's something ingrained in you and I where David maybe would say, let's go to this event in college. And you're like, Oh no, I got to get, I got to get that. I got to study. But that's your core, study. Yes. (laughs) My last question for you is just, you said you've been laid off for two weeks. How are you feeling and how are you going to be spending your time? You think, because you're forcing yourself to have a six month self-care family love time. So (laughs) what are you going to (laughs) do? How are you feeling and what are you going to do? I'm going to be 
home alone for the next three weeks. And I actually, oh, that is going to be, Mike's going to Tokyo oh. uh, to see my brother and the nieces. And we, we made a conscious decision for me not to go because yeah. I think I need this time to just get it, Crystal. Yes, to be alone, right? Go out to dinner alone or yes. have some friends over. Like, this is intentional of just three weeks of me. And what is that? And I said to Mike, it's probably going to be uncomfortable. And he's like, yeah, and sit with that. Like, right? <laughs> Freaking Mike, he's so wise. Yeah, but I mean, that's pretty. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I have yeah. a job and be alone for three weeks. I have never experienced this. I'm imagining Mike's going to come home after the three weeks and your hair is going to be bright pink. <laughs> You're going to like have redecorated the whole house. In his dreams, <laughs> I would like go off the rails like that. Yes. <laughs> Please play a joke on him and just do something when he comes home to make him think really you're a completely wild. different person. You know, <laughs> all I needed was three weeks to myself and this is who I am. <laughs> this is like the me coming out that I've been suppressing all these years. My last thing for you living in the moment, um, you probably saw I went dancing for my birthday. Did you see? Yes, yes. This you should amazing. do that. You should do it. So did we? Did you go with a group of friends? Like, what was the one girlfriend? That's one girlfriend. Amazing. How was you, it? I highly recommend it. I was. I feel old, Crystal. Like I, I'm 39. <laughs> I thought we were closer in age. To be totally honest, well, you, you look amazing. Um, but I felt very insecure leading up to it. We we had been joking, oh, we should go dancing. And then my girlfriend said, no, we really should. And I was like, okay. And then she made it happen and I love her for it. But then that day she and I were both very anxious. So we got there early and we were being kind of awkward and we just felt out of out of place. You quickly realize you're not out of place. There's people older than us there and nobody yes. cares. They just want your money. They don't care. Yes. Like, oh, you're buying a bottle? Great. We don't care how old yes. you are. Um, and it was amazing. Once we got to our table and did all that, I, I loved it. And some other girlfriends now want to go. And so, but it's tiring. It took me like a day and a half to recover. Oh, you, know, so. you were probably out late. I mean, but well, we left at midnight, which isn't the latest, but um, then I had to hydrate after. So then I went to bed a little bit later. And then the next morning, the kids had swim class and then I napped with them that day and went to bed early. So it just, it took a little while to fully recover, but totally worth it. I'm going to do it again. And to your point about living in the moment and being present, I just... I don't know. It's just, I, I loved it. It was, it was so much fun. And it also reminded me to not be so judgmental about myself. Like I like to dance. Yes. I'm a 39 yes. year old. Yes. I'm a mom, but I freaking love to dance. So what's wrong with that? I'm not hurting anyone, but then, you know, the other voices you're old, get out of here. You need a facelift. That's the other voice. That's like, but what's funny is I'm and you do this. I'm guessing nobody else in the room saw you and thought that. I mean, that's the yeah. funny thing, the story yes. you tell yourself, right? But, 100%. Um, um, Mike and I are going roller skating tomorrow night with a group of friends. And so oh, uh, it's kind of maybe so our sweet. version of dancing. Yes. We have never done that together and oh. probably will be, I'm pretty sure, the oldest people in the skating arena. But like, I, I, I do. I love that. I'm aware of age as I get older and I don't want that to hold me back. Uh, you know, there's, age is a weird thing, but I think we have to be, age is also a number, right? If, yeah. I mean, there's your spirit and, and, you know, I want to continue to, I think part of aging well is exposing yourself to new things and learning and growing. And I think we have to be really thoughtful to bring that into our life because it's easy to do the same, the things we're good at and the things yes. we're comfortable with. And that's also not growing. I love that so much. And I'm picturing Kate Middleton's outfit when she went 
skating. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was like a no, short, short, bright green shorts and maybe <laughs> some sort of halter with sequins. I can't remember exactly, but it was before, right before her and Prince William or whatever had broken up. And yes. that's what I'm picturing you're going to wear. I'm going to Google that. <laughs> Go I might bright. have to get a skating outfit. I yes. have, Mike just told me this morning it's happening tomorrow. I'm going to have to actually now think about oh, what's the skating outfit I'm going to be wearing. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about it and see pictures. <laughs> I love that. Age is a number. And would you say age is... Uh, what did you say? Like the I mean, age is a age? number, and it's it's really about our spirit. I think, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah. Uh, there's some older there's and some learning. people who are older who have these young spirits and are yeah. learning and putting themselves in uncomfortable learning. situations. Yes, they're growing and they're growing. Yeah, I, 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 I want to make sure that I push myself and don't let what I think other people are thinking stop me. I need to record. I'm going to play this over and over again. Oh, and <laughs> this last part. Done. Easier said than done. I mean, it's it's a great aspiration, right? And a mantra. So thank you. And with that, I'm going to go work on my glutes. I'm going to go to the gym and do my glute exercises. Amazing. Enjoy. They're horrible. And you're going to feel so good when you're done. (laughs) I'll feel so good after. Love you. Say hi to Mike. Bye. Thank Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the one of a kind podcast. This show is edited by my brother from the very same mother, Jose Duran. We have more episodes on the way, so please check us out wherever you get your podcasts.